0: Graham, what is up, brother? How you doing? Joe, how are we, man? Oh, dude, I'm so good. I know we've been, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. I know it's been on uh, in the field. Um, for those of you that don't know, i got Graham here. And Graham is actually uh, the man behind the magic of this podcast. He has uh, been editing my podcast since the very beginning. Yeah, I think since, since the start. Yeah, and I'm excited to get into that story because it's a part of the part of your story of, of really trusting and the courage it took to surrender into where your heart was calling you Mm -hmm. and I'm really grateful that it brought you into my life and yeah just how we've grown together and um yeah this podcast has really evolved a lot too which is really cool um how's it feel being on the other side of the mic
1: it feels strange man it feels good this is actually this is my first podcast that I've been a guest on so
0: Feels always good. sitting I'm behind here. that computer. I know. I'm always just like editing. on the other
1: end. It's funny. Like I'm gonna be talking to myself when I edit this. So it's like, hey, Graham, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, future self, right? How you doing? Make this sound better. You know? Yeah, I love that.
0: <laughs> oh man, how is it behind the sticks? Like editing podcast? Do you enjoy it, dude? I love it.
1: Yeah. I mean, ever since I started, um, which it's been like almost two years now, it's yeah, I love it. It's like I get to pick my hours and like everybody i work for you know i love them so it's like i just get to make their content sound better i get to amplify their voice so it's honestly a dream Mm.
0: i love it i feel that and it's such a cool medium too like what a time to be alive and i'm excited that we're gonna having an opportunity for you to amplify your voice (laughs) and stepping out of the literally the backstage and onto stage which is really cool and really appreciate everybody coming to this podcast, wherever you're at, wherever you've, whatever journey you've been on that's led you to listening to these words, coming through your speakers. Thank you for being here. And I'm really excited to share this space with you, uh, share this conversation with you, share this, this frequency, this love, dropping into the heart together. Begin these podcasts with a little guided visualization and meditation so we can drop in. I've uh, just been really reflecting on how cool it is to connect through the quantum, through these meditations and through this podcast. We're obviously recording this onto the Roadcaster deck here. So it's actually not going live anywhere, but there is an, an ability somehow through this quantum field of connection that in this moment in time, as you're listening to my voice and listening to this word, these words and listening to this conversation, you are here with us, maybe in a different space, maybe in a different time. But through this meditation, I welcome everyone that is listening to this, no matter when or where, into this space with us to join in on this conversation, to be here. And as we drop in, really, and as you listen to... Conversation, just really connect with your body and yeah, what resonates within you? What part of Graham's story, what part of his shares, what part of my story, my shares inspire you and help you reflect a little bit deeper into yourself. So, wherever you're at, if you're driving, you can just connect with the the energy that's coming through. If you can find some stillness and quiet. And gently begin to close your eyes, bringing your awareness into your body, into your felt sense experience. Just noticing how you're feeling in this moment if you feel rushed, overwhelmed, if you feel in a state of joy, expansion, gratitude. Just noticing what's on your mind, what's in your field. Then begin connecting with your breath. Noticing how your body's natural breath and rhythm is happening. Slowly begin taking deeper inhales through the nose, expanding the belly and the chest, and exhaling through the mouth. Again, breathing in, expanding the belly, the chest, exhaling through the mouth. As you begin taking deeper inhales and exhales, begin breathing into your heart, into the center of connection, of intimacy, of love. Bringing gratitude to this beautiful muscle, this intelligent heart that beats life force energy and oxygen rich blood throughout our bodies. Doing it all behind the scenes, like Graham works on these podcasts behind the scenes, allowing us the opportunity to be, to live, to experience. Continue to open your hearts, continue to listen to your hearts. This is your connection to the intelligence of the universe, it is an ally. Loves you, it's here to support you and guide you. Let's take all take a few breaths together, starting with a deep breath in through the nose, exhale through the mouth. Again, deep breath in, let it go. One more, deep breath in. welcome everyone to another episode drop into the heart with my man graham god oh. damn that was good man. yeah you like that
1: <laughs> yeah tell me about it. how you feeling i feel good man i i hear those all the time but i'm always editing while i'm listening so it's it nice, nice to too. be with a fully drop in you yeah
0: know? <laughs> totally yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is such a cool experience um we have a few things to talk about we sure do yeah and where do we where do we start? Let's start with this this dopamine detox because that's that's what's present for you and mm-hmm. present for me. And you you brought this up before we started recording, and uh, it was really cool for me to reflect on the like you were the person that inspired me to read this book called Dopamine Nation. Yep, and I burned through it. I read it in a few days, and yeah. I was just like so uh, enamored by. You know, I, I, I struggle like most people with just little addictions. Right. And I wouldn't call like, I definitely have addicted, ten, addictive tendencies. Right. And I've danced with some, some pretty big, uh, addictions to different substances, but I feel like I'm very grounded. I'm very good. I have all these tools and I don't, I don't have a judgment for any one thing, mm. but it's really the relationship with the thing. Yeah. And so I've noticed, you know, with my cannabis habit, nicotine habit, um, these different tools, even like social media mm. and consuming like Netflix, like all of it's under the umbrella of a dopamine release. Yep. And we're in a world now that's so fast paced, that's so absurdly like always vying for our attention, which really is just like the chemical response of we're searching for dopamine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've, I've danced with my own habits and I going to take a week off of cannabis, but then I'll start chewing more nicotine or going on. Uh, Netflix more to mm-hmm. watch TV, mm-hmm. and uh, just realizing like it's not about necessarily the the habit or the thing. Mm-hmm. There's there's a layer to it with that, but it's really when when I started looking at it from this this perspective and this lens that my body and my mind just want the dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. And so just because I'm saying no to cannabis for a week, I'm like filling that dopamine hit with other things. Mm-hmm. Just very interesting to to look at it through that lens. And so I, I went on a little dopamine detox a couple weeks ago. Uh, where I really just like wanted to reset my mm-hmm. dopamine levels, which I'd never heard of that before, right. and you shared it with me, and they talked about it in the book, and it was fascinating the the pull and the awareness that it built within me of like, oh man, I didn't even recognize all these unconscious times I would just reach for certain things, and it's just so important to to really reset the dopamine, and I'd love to hear how that journey's evolved uh, for you and some mm-hmm. of your own experiences. Uh, and then I know you're really into the science yeah. of all this stuff too. So if you have any wisdom to share on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, my awareness of this all pretty much came from Andrew Huberman and his podcast, which I've just got, I've dove so hard into that the last few months. Um, well, since you're editing this, we'll put right. a few links
0: <laughs> two links to that podcast, your favorite episodes yeah, in the show notes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, but this is kind of where I became aware. And it's important to point out that it's not like, it's not that dopamine is bad. Of course, dopamine is like the feel-good chemical. Where I think we start to get into trouble is when we're spiking our dopamine without any effort. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you reach for the snooze or the caffeine or the porn or the social media, like you don't have to do anything to get that dopamine hit. It's just immediate like instant gratification. Because like working out spikes your dopamine Mm -hmm. a lot, but you earned it. You have to earn it. Yeah. 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 Cold plunge is like one of the best things you can do because it's like a, it's like a dopamine spike and then it's a sustained dopamine release rather than these other things, which are like a spike and then an immediate drop. Um, So yeah, it's not that it's not that you need to, or that I recommend a dopamine detox. It's more of a dopamine detox of the things that, you know, you're not earning. Mm, so I love that distinction. Yeah. Because earn that dopamine, earn that dopamine baby. And it's like, I think I heard Joe Rogan like years ago talk about like you're going to suffer so like earning or like choosing your suffering those are the things that are spiking your dopamine like the like the the heavy working out the um the cold plunges the saunas where you're just like putting your body through the ringer like those are spiking your dopamine and it's it's in a way that's it's healthy it's going to um be beneficial for you in the long term and then bringing you back to these these uh, instant gratification, no judgment. I personally have a very addictive personality, which is why I find myself getting into trouble with some of these things. Um, so for me, it felt like that dopamine detox I did was super helpful. And I'm still kind of in a space where I'm I'm just tracking much more carefully the things that I'm doing. And um, just the understanding of what is happening in my brain chemically has been so helpful for me to just choose something different in those moments, you know, mm. like.
0: What does tracking look like? Is that just the awareness of like,
1: I'm pulling for the thing and having more exactly. of like
0: a, a pause? Yeah, before?
1: just having like that moment of awareness, like why am I reaching for this? Like, because, you know, caffeine, snooze, like I love those things. Um, But it, am I just reaching for it like kind of unconsciously, you know, because I'm, I feel like I'm missing something internally and I'm like reaching for something to like fulfill me? Or am I using it? in a way that's productive. Cause I think that all those things can be used, um, in productive ways if you're, if you're doing them consciously, but it's just just being careful and tracking, tracking that stuff.
0: Yeah. It's cause I have this, this thing that happens like with my, my cannabis habit, like I love smoking weed Mm -hmm. and it, it opens this, this connection, this portal. I feel like I have like so many insights and downloads. Like if I meditate on it or I'm just doing yoga with it, it really drops me into my body and so when I don't smoke for a while and I, I smoke, I'm like, oh, my God, I've missed this so much. I remember I'll go do yoga and dude. I'll feel so good. And then I'll, I'll just like, OK, let me smoke again, smoke again. And I'm like, wait, when's the last time I was sober? Right. I'm like just a functioning pothead. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's such a beautiful dance for me, specifically cannabis, because mm. it is this such a tool. 100%. And I used to have judgment for that but I've worked that judgment. I have gratitude for it as a plant. I sit with it. I have reverence for it. I connect with it. But then there's these times when it becomes unconscious. And then I have this story that comes up that's just like scarcity energy Mm -hmm. that, oh, I'm addicted to it. So I have to stop it Mm -hmm. and like cold turkey and never do it again, which makes me like, well, if I'm never going to do it again, I'm going to smoke as much as I can now before I stop, (laughs) which creates this cycle of never actually having balance with it as a tool. And the one thing that I've learned with the dopamine thing, because it was a, a practice that it wasn't like dopamine detox forever. I need to wash my dopamine. Right. It just, it re, it gave me an opportunity to look at my, the way I'm showing up and my unconscious habits. Mm-hmm. And with that scarcity story that comes in, what I've learned is instead of looking at it as this like linear, like, I need to make sure I'm good. So I'm never going to smoke weed again. It's like a mm-hmm. linear thinking. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's this cyclical thinking mm-hmm. of like, if I give myself two or three days off or a week off every month, Mm -hmm. and reset my dopamine and then like maybe maybe schedule on you know time to smoke weed like like a yoga practice with smoking weed and like build it into my schedule and like cycle it in and out Mm -hmm. is so much easier for me to look at it from that lens because then it's not like the scarcity like i'm never going to do it again because i have a problem with it but rather it's bringing it back into balance
1: yeah absolutely and it's important to feel into what habits um Are serving you and what which ones aren't like like your example with cannabis is a perfect example like my my relationship with cannabis um now is it feels very healthy like it feels like it's it helps me be super creative like if i'm smoking weed i'm not watching tv and eating i'm like stretching or working Mm -hmm. out or making music like it feels inspiring and it's like a it doesn't make me want to do more cannabis you know Like when I smoke, it's not necessarily feeding into wanting to smoke more and more. So, um, you know, going through the things that you do daily and just being honest with yourself. And I think that's why the dopamine detox initially is so um, valuable is it's almost like the elimination diet of dopamine, like remove everything for a little bit and then start bringing things back in and seeing like checking in with how you feel after, you know, like, Mm does this make me feel full? You know, like, do I feel good? How's my vibration after I'm consuming this thing? Like, is it low? Am I reaching for it again to like get back to that space that I was in when I first took it? Like, those are the things that maybe, you know, you can just start to be a little bit more careful with.
0: Yeah. Oh man. I love that so much. Uh, I used to smoke so much weed when I played football Mm. and, it was a tool that helped me with the pain in my body, but it was also a way to escape the stress, the anxiety, like the pressure, all of these things. And I smoked so much weed. It was almost like, almost like I didn't even get high. It was more of like a head change, Mm -hmm. but it was very like functioning on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've been dancing with it for a while and really redeveloping uh, the relationship has been super powerful just as I've continued to connect with the fr- frequency and vibration. Um, it's really cool that you don't like, necessarily have an addiction to cannabis. you're really like centered with it.
1: Yeah, and that's that's not always been the case. I definitely used to be more in the like in college and in years after it felt like more of an addiction, but I, I found a way by, and it was by removing it for a while like and then bringing it back in. I found a way to kind of like re-engage with it in mm-hmm. a way that felt like it was serving me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, even with those things, I think it's a good idea to, you know, take breaks and check in and then bring them back. Because if you're always doing it, you don't know what it feels like to not be doing it. You know? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, you can't get that baseline. And again, that's like why the, the detox and the elimination and the slowly bringing them back in is so valuable is you, You kind of get to sit with each, each habit and see, you know, Mm -hmm. is this serving me?
0: And also really reflecting for me and my, my journey. And and this is something for, if you're listening to this to reflect on too, because I always had this, it's like, what am I, what am I reaching for? Like, Mm -hmm. like, I love that question. And like, Mm -hmm. what, what, what am I trying to hide from in this moment that I don't want to like feel or be with? And like, I know that there's something there of why, Mm -hmm. but I like, I've never really explored it. And just very recently, I've been connecting with uh, this wounding, this 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 wounding that has been this a part of my life from childhood with my relationship with my parents, specifically my mom. I was a mama's boy, and just a, a couple of weeks ago, I've been really moving through a lot of energy uh, personally with my relationship and with the business, and just holding a lot and. I did this uh, fear of money workshop with the internal team at the heart collective. Were you you there? Mm -hmm. You were there. Oh my God. So that was so powerful, right? So powerful. And so Ben uh, co-founder at the heart collective who's created this framework called fear alchemy. We have a course live on the website right now. So you can actually take yourself through this, this powerful experience. Um, And I've been through it multiple times uh, at this point. And every single time I just learned so much about myself And so we're going through this fear of money workshop because that's the, was the theme for the month. Um, There's 10 foundational fears that this course takes you through. So fear of abandonment, fear of uh, judgment, fear of failure. Um, But we were focused on this fear of money. And it was really fascinating to connect with the, the fear I had around money is that if I don't have it or I lose it, that I'll be, I'll feel weak. And I was like, okay, that's that's interesting. And then part of the framework and the the process of fear alchemy is to to kind of reframe that in what is it that you desire? And the the word that came to me was was power. And I felt kind of icky about that. And mm-hmm. like, that's kind of egotistical. Like, why well, would I don't want power? And on further reflection, I wrote it down anyway, because I trusted that was what came to the surface. And really looking at the power. And I've been going through this journey of my own personal power. And how I've given that personal power away, and it w- it just like locked in when I had the awareness of it of my connection with my mom, and how I've always felt kind of under her spell, I guess. And obviously, this is all unconscious, her. So, like, mom, I love you so much. If you're listening to this, this is just my experience. And um, there's just there were these moments when I felt like my power was being taken away, and so. Like the crazy thing about this inner work is I didn't have a realization and awareness of this. And so when I had the awareness, it like all clicked, like my story of money, my story of my habits and the dopamine thing I'm going through, um, clicking with my mom and how she, this like my whole life, I felt like I've been, I haven't been able to be fully sovereign in myself. Mm-hmm. And then there's this fear of my power. Mm-hmm. And so I've always had a fear of my power of of who I am and knowing that with great power comes great responsibility And there's just so many people out there that have gotten into a position of power and how, with the best of intentions and how it can subtly corrupt and the ego can begin to get inflated. And so I think Mm -hmm. that was part of me holding me back. So I had all this awareness. It all clicked. I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is some massive stuff. And relating to the dopamine detox and the things I've been going through over the last couple of weeks is you know, my relationship with all these substances, it's like back to that question of like, what am I hiding from? Mm-hmm. What am I escaping? And it's, oh, I'm giving my power away to all these little things. Mm-hmm. And as I've had this awareness, I've, as I've be, begun to integrate it, those habits and those things that are pulling me away that I continue to reach for, they have less power over me. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's not, I'm not forcing it. I'm not like, oh man, like I want this thing. And I, I, I'm, I'm judging myself for wanting it and like can i control it why do i you know and i'm i'm just like in this back and forth now it's like I, and it i still have those like i can feel the story but it's it's so much less charged mm-hmm. and it's so cool to reflect on that that the deeper inner work and how we relate to life and the imprints of our traumas and our experiences there really is something to to what are you what are you escaping with that that thing because mm-hmm. everything's a tool yep. if you're using it to escape what are you escaping from and i never understand never really knew like, man, I know there may be something, but now it's starting to really unravel for me. And Mm -hmm. it's incredible. Yeah, man.
1: It's, it's amazing how those things come into our lives at the perfect time. You know, like you were going through something, we had a meeting, I just told you about a book I was reading, you read the book and it just like was a puzzle piece into fitting into what you were currently going through, you know? And, um, yeah, just just more on that, on the dopamine thing, it's like I struggle with it still. Like I'm pulled to these things in a very strong way. Um, and I don't know if it's a, you know, if it's a family thing. Like I there's addiction that runs in my family. Um, but I think, you know, it's just checking in with yourself and like you're the one that gets to decide and you're the one that holds your power. Um so don't give your power away. And You don't need to cut these things out forever. Just like see what it's like without them for a little bit and bring them back in one at a time and see how you feel. And if it feels good, you know, continue using them. And like, um, yeah, it's just nobody can tell you, like you're the one that has to do the work yourself. You know, You're, you're the one that has to check in with yourself and see how you feel about each of these things. So
0: yeah, I love that. I love the, like, are you choosing it? Right. Or is it choosing you? Hundred percent. It's as simple as that. And yep. just a just a quick pause, checking in, um, has been very powerful for me as well. And you said the I love the the synchronicities. Like yeah. I would love to to shift into the feeling of that because I love synchronicities. Like I I know you feel in this too. Like surrendering into the flow and mm-hmm. the connections and the the people that is coming to life and the opportunities. And the fact that you—I mean—we haven't had coffee. You shared this dopamine book with me, and I read through it. It was like I needed that Mm -hmm. in that moment. Right. And it's just really cool to have the universe speaking to me through others and Mm -hmm. through my external reality. You know, it's this as Mm -hmm. within, so without.
1: And you're listening.
0: Listening. that's that's the key. Yeah, being able to listen. And so I'd love to hear more about your story because it's really fantastic. Um, You know, we talked about how we met and the synchronicities of that and. Ended up doing, uh, you know, working together and, and doing this podcast together. Um, so take us back to that moment we met, but then like the six to twelve months prior, mm-hmm. where you were at, where you were at, and um, yeah, how like this the flow and the synchronicities that took place in your life that got you to this moment.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy and beautiful to think back to. You know, it was only two years ago. Um, but my life was completely different than it is now. Uh, I was at that time I was living in Montana and I was roofing and I always have to say roofing with like a hard R because one time I was talking to Sky for like 10 minutes and he thought I was saying woofing. Oh, what's which is woofing? A, it's apparently some like uh living, like farming situation. Like you, a family hires you to like come to their farm. Honestly, I don't oh, really know.
0: I know it is. it's a, but it's like, like a website that you can yeah, go. Yeah. Trade like staying like lodging for working on farms. Yeah. yeah.
1: But like 10 minutes into the conversation, he's like, wait, are you saying roofing? And I was like, Yeah. And he's like, dude, I thought you've been saying woofing this whole time. And I was like <laughs> completely confused. So yeah, I was roofing. And those are roofs, the things yeah, that are on top of houses. Top of your homes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so glad we have that click. Um, so I was working as a roofer and I was making music and I had moved from Denver, January of 2020. So like right before COVID. And I wasn't planning on being in Montana for very long. But then when COVID hit, it seemed like a good place to be. It was like very isolated. No one knew what was going on at that time. Um, So I got a job as a roofer. uh, And it really, that period of my life, like when I look back on it, it kind of It feels like it was almost like a portal, you know, like something happened in those six, uh, six to eight months that I was there. Um, and yeah, it felt like a portal where I started really, I call it like my monk phase. I was talking with Christian Pity about this, how it feels like a lot of our friends had a period of their life that is kind of like isolated, um, Really doing a lot of deep inner work, and we call it their, our like monk phase, yeah, like so a little was, hermit energy. Yeah, hundred percent hermit energy. Right. So
0: just to just to set some context for you going into this hermit energy and, and this this kind of awakening and big transition, because I, I do believe we all go through some type of big experience where we have to mm-hmm. learn to trust and surrender because the things that we thought we were going to be doing are, begin to fall away, and we're being called to something else. And a lot of people have resistance to it, oh, yeah. and we'll speak to the resistance a little bit. But were you always? connected and had an awareness of this thing or was this like a sudden like awakening that kind of took place
1: yeah no i definitely was already connected and had an awareness um it felt like um so i was living in denver before montana that's where i went to college um i was there for about six years um but ever since i was like 19 or 20 i started becoming super interested in um meditation and just altered states of consciousness um Mm. however whatever means uh to get there um, but it, it didn't feel like I was in a community of people that like were on that same frequency with me. So it was kind of like a hidden aspect of my personality that I didn't really let show. And I, it felt kind of isolated there too. Um, but my life in Denver was very much uh, party, um, drinking, like just a completely different life and mm-hmm. I loved it. Like I, I love yeah. all my friends Those from good my homies. Yeah. Like I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's but,
0: interesting. I just want to speak to this, this yeah. point. Cause there's a lot of talk around like shadow work mm-hmm. and spiritual communities and like this collective evolution that's happening. And I just want to speak to, cause I've, I've resonated with this big time as well. Like how are, our awo- a- awakened side of ourselves or the spiritual practices that we have, or the exploration of the mystery. Mm. We can easily put that in the shadow if it's not accepted in our friend circle. And 100%. it gets to a point where it's like, actually like I want to explore a bigger part of this part that I put in the shadow and I'm showing up and partying and doing all those things to fit in and yeah. connect. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I'm, there's part of me that really misses those party days, right? 100%. <laughs> and it's cool because we can explore it a little more consciously and I still have a lot of fun, but yeah, like, you can put the good aspects of yourself in the shadow just as much as the bad things. Yes. And I love that. Like it's 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 just such a good example of mm-hmm. yeah, I'm exploring and I have these tools and this curiosity, but it doesn't feel very accepted in my my immediate circle, so I'm I'm just not not talking about it. And mm-hmm. then eventually that gets to a point where it's like actually am I am I hiding too much and mm-hmm. what does this really look like?
1: And that's what it felt like and you know, I think over the years when I was in Denver it kind of just built more and more where um, it felt like it was time for a change. Like it felt like it was time for a change a couple of years before I made the change. Like it takes a while for most people. That's the resistance. Exactly. <laughs> that was the resistance. Um, but I finally did make the change and that was the move to Montana. And, um, yeah, it really felt like that six months, like I just had a lot of space to myself and I had an opportunity to sit with myself, which was something that I think I are, always desired. Um, even if I didn't really know it, um, I got to know myself. I had time to meditate and write and just like feel into what I desired. And yeah, I started, you know, I was listening to Eric Godsey's podcast a lot. I took his journaling course, which also felt like a whole whirlwind of portal manifestation because we'll put a link of that link to that in the show notes too. Shout out to Eric Godsey. hundred percent. Yeah but just through those practices, like I started writing down what like my ideal future might look like um, where I wanted to be. And it didn't take long before I was almost exactly where I had written and all the amazing things that happened to get me there. Um,
0: So take us through that. Take us through like, what are some of the things that you wrote down um, that when you were reflecting?
1: Yeah. So at this point I had um, connected with Hallie Rose. Um, We had made a, guided meditation together, um, which I think you can find on her website. Um, and I had just started helping her with her podcast and it felt like this was just the kind of the vein that I wanted to move in. Um, and just
0: another shout out, you're putting so many things out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Holly's been on this podcast a couple of times, um, really good episodes. So go check those out and then we'll put a link to her website as well. So you can yeah. listen to this meditation. Yeah. And her
1: podcast, the thought room that, So that's the first podcast I started working on. I'm still working on it to this day. Um, and then I started writing about all these things that I wanted to, and I I knew I wanted to move to Austin because it just felt like there was this energy pulling me there. Like all these people that I was kind of listening to, um, all lived in Austin. So I was like, all right, Austin's where I want to be. I want to be making music full time. I don't want to be on the roof anymore, even though I I liked it, you know, like it's it's time has come, you know.
0: Was there like a, like I'm just curious what you liked about roofing? Was it kind of I'm just visualizing you on a roof like really meditative?
1: Like kind of oh, 100% just, Yeah, it just like, like in the gun. flow. Yeah. yeah. And Montana, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You have a great view. <laughs> You're these up high <laughs> on those roofs. Like it's it's um it's dangerous for sure, like but it, you know, you have to be super present so that you don't fall,
0: you were know. You, like, were you doing like not like single family homes or are you like
1: Uh, they were mostly residential yeah. homes. Um but you know, just the Two angles were all different. Stuff, yeah. Some of the angles. Oh, were, because yeah. of the snow up there. Instead. 100%. Yeah, yeah we, were, we were up there in the snow sometimes. So it was, uh, yeah, it could it could get sketchy. And some of the dudes I was working with, they've been roofing for years and they're just like, they feel like they're so careless, but it's because they're so tapped in and they're so good at what they do that. So like I'm watching state. and I'm like, dude, be careful, you know? But it's like, I'm really the rookie like up here. But, oh, um, that's
0: interesting to drop into. What came to me is the, uh, like the free climber. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Alex, yeah. Alex something. But it's like, yeah, like he, he. Is, it looks so dangerous. Like what the fuck are you doing? But it's, right. it's like he's in flow state. So he just knows what he's doing, where to put his hands. And feet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I love that. I love that work, man. It was, um, yeah, it felt good. I had done a little bit of like construction work in Denver, um, but this this felt really cool. Like, you know, you just get to see the fruits of your labor immediately. You literally get to put a roof on someone's house. Um, So I'm so grateful for that period. And it was a, like, you know, as much as I enjoyed it, I also knew it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. And I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, but it was like a constant state of uncomfort, you know, or discomfort. And that is the space that allows you to grow so much. So I think that paired with, all this inner work I was doing is what kind of like opened this door of manifestation or this like, um, yeah, kind of this portal that brought me to Austin. Um, and we can just going a little bit further down that story, like connected with Hallie, started doing her podcast, connected with Godzi, um, came and visited Hallie in Austin. I met you you just happened to like your podcast editor had like vanished or something or yeah. like something the, had happened. Yeah. The, <laughs>
0: the person that I had originally like started getting the podcast off the ground, we, it, we did like two or three episodes together and she just like disappeared for a couple months. Right. So, like, Hey man, I'm looking
1: for an editor. So met you, met Sarah, who was doing her podcast at the time too. Mm-hmm. So it was like, holy shit. I like, there's four people like this is a full time thing now. So mm-hmm. like, it's like, all right, so I'm just going to move to Austin. Um, it took me probably two more months from there because I I took everything from Montana, which wasn't that much stuff, just everything that could fit in my car. Um, and I went back to Chicago, which is where I grew up for like two months. And then I was trying to find a place to live. And one day, Godzi just hit me up, voice note. He was like, yo, I got an extra room at my place. If you want to move in. And I was like, done. So a month later, I moved down to Austin um, and that's kind of where, that's where this journey began, you know?
0: And you're doing Godsy's podcast too. Yeah, doing Godsy's podcast too. The, the myths that make us. The myths that make it's us. a really great podcast. It's super dope, yeah. So I just, I just think this is really cool. I just started vibrating. I think this is really cool for anyone listening who may feel like they're on the precipice of some big transition or some unknown. And, you know, I just love the fact that you're taking Godsy's journaling course listening to his podcast religiously, probably at that point. And you don't even know the guy, right? You're connected to him. And and now you're, you're still living with him. Mm -hmm. You guys are super close and you're editing his podcast and you have all this really amazing work that's allowed you
1: to be comfortable and focus on the things you love. And that's, what's beautiful for the, the podcast has kind of been the, um, uh, foundation of the work, but, My passion is music and it has brought in so many opportunities to work with some incredible people and just give me time and space to work on my music, you know? So, and I love, I mean, I love doing the podcast too. Like it's so fun to, I had never really worked on like dialogue before I started the podcast, but it was just like, it kind of came naturally to me just from recording and editing music um, and mixing music for so long. Um, But it's, I mean, obviously it pairs well with creating music because it's the same software that I'm using. So it feels like, you know, my work just pairs so beautifully with my passion in a way that I couldn't have even dreamed of. Like I didn't, I didn't even know that what I do now was a job five years ago, you know? <laughs> well, probably
0: wasn't. Right. As right. Much that's as in, true. Uh...
1: That's true. But I didn't even know that this was an option. So, uh, yeah, I just feel very blessed to be in this situation that I'm in now. Yeah. That's beautiful,
0: man. And before we get into the music, because that's where I want to go next, I just want to, yeah, hear from you as you as you feel into where you're at now. Looking back on the last twelve to twenty four months, like what what comes to you? How does how does it feel when you connect with like how things unfolded in the way that you envisioned and journaled about them? And how does that the synchronicities they've already experienced? How do you bring those into this moment for maybe the because we're going to speak on you kind of stepping into the next thing mm. and 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 confronting the next resistance and the next fear.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, the first word that comes to me is just uh, gratitude. You know, like I'm so grateful for what happened, and I don't know exactly how it happened. Like the the forces are beyond me, but I think that, um, like kind of like we, what we were talking about earlier, but like that that constant state of discomfort that I had put myself in like healthy discomfort, you know, that is making you grow. Um, Paired with like the deep inner work was kind of the, the portal. And I think that that can be a tool for anybody. Like doing the inner work and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations constantly, you know, like going to an event that you don't want to go to is uncomfortable, but like then it's over and you're like back doing your, like finding ways like every day, to put yourself in a in a state of growth, really, because like discomfort and resistance and challenge is what allows you to grow, so when I reflect back, um yeah, gratitude is the feeling, and then kind of that pairing is the my guess as a how it happened, you know, <laughs> but who knows it's like the awe of the mystery right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I love what you said about
0: like living in the the discomfort and getting yeah. outside the comfort zone. And yeah, it seems just tapping into your energy like you're you're at a point where you feel comfortable mm-hmm. and we're and you're you're speaking to this this next this next phase and stepping outside that comfort zone again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before we get into that I just want to share kind of cuz this has really been one of my my key like mantras or the, the things that I've really held close to my heart on this journey, especially when I walked away from the NFL in 2017 is like getting uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like on the other side of fear lies freedom. Mm. And the only, only place any of us can grow is outside of our comfort zone. Mm. Like if you're in your comfort zone, like you're not, there's no growth there. Right. And that, obviously, there's a lot of nuance and complexities because your comfort zone can be really big for one thing mm-hmm. and then really kind of small for the other. Like you, you're you're, you're stepping into this, you're editing the podcast, you're like around right. this world, but then right. you're in front of the mic. Right. right. And so that's a little bit of a discomfort 100%. for you so stepping into that. And it's just been such a powerful journey. And I'm really grateful for my football journey, playing football 16 years of my life. It was like I was constantly uncomfortable. And just reflecting on... You know, in high school, when I first started football in my freshman year, I had never played the game before. I never really watched the game. I didn't even really know what positions to play. And it was like really challenging and overwhelming, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I got to my senior year, I'm like, hot shit, you know, senior on campus, like all, all state, like yeah. the to, like, like top, one of the top offensive linemen in the state of California. Yeah. And I just felt like my shit didn't stink. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is great. Like I'm just crushing people. Crushing people on the field. Like I know you were too. I was, dude. I was, like, it makes me want to take the film out and show some peeps because I was just just mauling like <laughs> high schoolers. It was so fun. But then I go to to college and go my freshman year of college, and it's like a whole nother level. Yeah, you know, I'm what seventeen. A reality 17 yeah, playing with the first game I played my freshman year, true freshman year. I was seventeen years old. Played BYU. A lot of BYU. A lot of Mormons there. So a mm-hmm. lot of guys that went on missions. Mm-hmm. So some of these guys are like like 24, 25 years old, like grown men compared to a 17 yeah. year old just getting out of high school. And I felt that and it was challenging and it was really hard. Like that freshman year was really challenging. It was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I can do this, like confronting a lot of my own fears, limiting beliefs. And then again, by the time my senior year, I'm all conference. I'm like getting ready for the NFL draft. I'm like busting people up. Like I'm just bigger, more confident. And then I get drafted and I go my, my rookie year. It's like, motherfucker, this is even right. harder right. than I've ever experienced. Like I'm playing with grown men with families with millions of dollars on the line, with yeah. millions of people watching, with everybody judging every move. It was just like, holy shit. And that journey for that eight years in the NFL was constantly being uncomfortable. Right. There was there was no way. And like I got more comfortable as I kept growing and, and getting more experience. And like later parts of my career obviously were way different than my rookie year. Right. But that was part of the reason I walked away. It was like, I, I got to a point where I, I felt like I hit the ceiling mm-hmm. of my potential. And I was a top 10 center in the NFL. Right. I never made a Pro Bowl, never won a Super Bowl. Some of that stuff is, you know, I, I wish I would have had the opportunity, but it was getting to a point where like my body was breaking down and I had reached like, this is as good as I'm going to get. I can get maybe a micro percentage better. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what it takes to have that micro percentage right. better each play, each game, each year. Right. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I want to challenge myself in a new way. Yeah, man. like I'm one of the best in the world at blocking yeah. people, keeping people away from the quarterback. But what does it feel like to, to challenge myself again? And so I was part of the reason, and there's obviously a lot of layers. If you listen to this podcast or you know my story, there's a lot of layers to why I walked away from the game. But then getting in the van and traveling, it was like, mm. I was constantly outside my comfort zone. And that taught me and showed me who I actually am. Yeah. And I, I love this. Faith is earned through experience and mm. experience is only earned outside your comfort zone and so outside of your comfort zone if you're living in that space and you can't go like i've talked about this before too like one of my biggest fears has been public speaking mm-hmm. so knowing that one of my biggest fears of public speaking it's not like i'm going to to seek out a ted talk mm-hmm. and get on stage in front of you know hundreds or thousands of people because that's the potential of me being way too outside my comfort zone where right. it actually might re-traumatize me and make me even mm-hmm. more scared but it's like how do you walk that dance of like I want to be comfortable in my discomfort. Mm. And so constantly if you're if if you're watching this I'm kind of like using my hands like a bubble here it's like pulsing. slowly pulsing and getting yeah. a little bit wider a little bit wider and as your comfort zone expands you just feel more comfortable in life. Right. And you start searching out like where else can I grow? 100%. And then it gets
1: exciting and fun. Right. And it's your job to do the work to find out how you can get uncomfortable. And I mean that journey of football like there's I can't think of a better example of like like levels to being uncomfortable you know because if you were like you're 17 and you're in high school and you're just like mauling these motherfuckers left and right but like could you imagine if like that was the end of the challenge and then you're 18 and 19 and 20 and 21 and you're just still playing high schoolers and you're just like smaller people you're even like more. okay i'm like really good at this but like there's like no there's nowhere to go like that that jump to college was like all right now you're like you're like a little kid again mm. you know and you have to learn to like be a man yeah. And my and then,
0: literal awareness, I thought like in high school, I was like, I, I, I figured this game out. Yeah. Like I figured it out. Like, I'm right. so good. That there's some stuff I can learn maybe, right. but I'm like, good. And then I went, I'm like, oh shit, I don't know anything. Right.
1: And then, and then obviously the jump to the NFL, which is just like, I mean, the NFL is probably one of the hardest, like you guys are just fucking crushing it up there. It's
0: definitely like, one of the most competitive environments and in the guys, world.
1: Yeah. I mean, those guys are literally fighting for their jobs, you know, yeah. like, I would say it's like special forces type of competition,
0: yeah. but with with the pressure of a bunch of eyeballs and right. like people looking at you, judging yeah. you, millions of dollars online. It's yeah, it's I, insane. Mean,
1: I can only imagine, but like that's that's just another jump. And it's why wow, that's such a cool example is you're growing kind of in the same like obviously you're growing as a person, but I, I feel like sports is such a great example because you're like in the same medium and it's like getting bigger and harder. And then it's a great example. Um At the end of your career, you know, maybe you could have gotten like a micro fraction better at being a center in the NFL, but you were trying to grow and expand in new ways. Mm. So you had to make the choice to find the next because there was no there was no next level like, you know, high school, there's college, college, there's NFL. NFL, you're you're done. Yeah. Like you, you did I, it. I did it. Right. You yeah. made the pinnacle. There's no like super NFL. Yeah. Like, So you had to make the choice to find the next medium of growth. And for you, that was leaving everything that you knew and going on the road, which I I still think is like one of the coolest stories, you know, just like dropping it all and finding a completely new life with your dog mm-hmm. and your van. And it's like, for me, I'm like, God, that sounds amazing. Like, I still want to do the van thing. Um, you road trip quite a bit. Yeah, I road trip. You make it happen. Yeah, I make it happen. Um, but yeah, you had to choose the next the next mode or the next level in the game of life and you happened to pick a super dope choice, but that was cuz then then you were again like the rookie, you know? You're the rookie on the road now. Like you don't you don't know, really know what you're doing, you know? You're just like going in a van, like you're not an experienced camper, an experienced like You know, traveler. So this is a new vein for you to find new growth and learn about yourself.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. And just to expand on that a little bit, because that was one of the biggest challenges and is one of the biggest challenges. And I feel like I'm just getting to a point where I'm starting to develop skills as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and as a leader that uh, I had to start from scratch. Right. And like, it was crazy. I didn't know anything about any, I never had a real job. Right. Like I knew One of the best people in the world at blocking people, like keeping someone from getting one of the
1: best from like stopping someone from getting to another guy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: and like those those hard tactical skills aren't necessarily transferable. But there's a lot of psychological and leadership skills, and like a lot of intangibles that I learned from football that I've applied. But it was took a lot of humility to like step down, and then to expand on. I love when you were talking about like there is no next step after the NFL. Like I made the pinnacle. Mm -hmm. And so naturally there's a part of me of like, okay, what else can I accomplish? And so when I, when I left and there's still probably a little bit of this still alive within me, but a big part that was reflected to me is like, where am I, what am I chasing? Mm. Like what, why do I need the next thing? Right. And so it wasn't just, I want to go try and do something that's going to make me feel even more expanded and bigger and more important than football. It's right. I walked away and it was an active participation in this massive ego death and realizing, you know, tied to a lot of my father wounding of and I think this is a collective wound that is is being healed right now is this unhealed masculine force and energy and naturally that's a projection onto the father figure in my life and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this is not and i'm sure a lot of athletes this is probably a very shared story in the deep unconscious of a lot of professional Mm -hmm. male athletes even female athletes of needing to prove something in order to receive love Mm -hmm. like prove their worthiness and so that's the journey i was on and i remember i wasn't very connected i desired a deeper relationship with my father and he wasn't very present um as a kid and so it was like i started playing football and i got a lot of love for it a lot of validation i was like oh this is the thing mm-hmm. and i became one of the best in the world at it and i walked away and i was even further more disconnected from my dad and that's what really allowed me to come back home to myself and it's like mm-hmm. what am i what void within myself am i trying to fill with all these accomplishments right and the van taught me how to live a minimalist lifestyle mm-hmm. without all this stuff and yes, I had the opportunity to buy a van and be comfortable in the discomfort. I think that's mm-hmm. another way to navigate the getting outside your comfort zone is building comfortable, mm. feeling safe for yourself yes. in different ways to get outside your comfort 100%. zone. Yeah, And that taught me so much about who I am and what I'm capable of and continue to go into the unknown. And it was just a, such a beautiful experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I love what you just said about, uh, almost like building a comfort vehicle to get outside of your comfort zone. You know, like you did that literally, but like, uh, metaphorically, you can think of that. Um, like when you're, when you're ready to move into that next phase, like preparing yourself, you know, like what you said earlier, if you were to go decide to go give a Ted talk right now, or give a speech to, you know, a huge crowd, like you might not be ready for that. I mean, you might be, But like I'm getting there now, right? but, but back three years ago, hell no. Right. So like you could prepare yourself for that by starting to give speeches to smaller crowds and like creating a comfort vehicle around yourself to expand into that, that uncomfort. I think that's a, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a quote that just came to mind, but I can't, I can't grasp it. It's like, if you have a vision, genius like has power in starting mm-hmm. or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like this idea of you have, if you have a vision of who you want to be, where you want to go, you might be stifled by how big that vision is. Mm-hmm. And the, the way to get there is just by start, starting, right. start learning, fail yep. as fast as you can, learn, yeah. grow, do, and then you'll 100%. learn. And then you'll end up one day like you living with gods. So you'll look back, right.
1: Be like, how did I get here? Right. It's because you started. Right. And that's, yeah, it's so important. And it's, the hardest part too because it's like you don't see you don't see the fruits of your labor right away you know mm-hmm. like anybody who's incredible at anything you know they worked to get there and th- it's not like you sit down with a guitar and immediately like you're like i'm committed to playing the guitar and then you, you know how to play the guitar like you're gonna have to go through hours and hours of like your fingers hurting really bad and you're just sucking at the guitar and you're not really going to like see visible results. But if you look back two years ago and you see yourself playing the guitar to where you are now, you're like, holy shit, you know, but it takes that, like you said, just like starting and doing it. And then eventually like that bubble around you expands and you can start doing crazier and crazier or more uncomfortable things um, to the point where you look back and you're like, holy shit. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And before we get into because I want to speak to you stepping into this another level of resistance and discomfort with your with your music and i want to explore that but i think this is a good opportunity to share this upcoming retreat we we're putting together through the heart collective it's a river rafting retreat in september i think it's september 2nd to the 7th and this is this came to me when we were talking about being like building a comfortable vehicle to get uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and naturally, it's an expedition. We're out, we're going to be out there for four days, three nights on the river, camping, no cell service, and there's twenty spots available. And we're bringing a retreat into this experience on the river, and there's so much unknown there. And I've this is going to be my third year going on this trip, and it's continuing to evolve and deepen. And I've received so much medicine and so much clarity and so much just coming back to myself, coming back home, being out in nature in this, on this river, in this Canyon, but there's so much unknown. So it takes courage to step into an experience like that. And what I love about this experience particular, we, we partner with a company called Adrift, who's a river rafting expedition company who do this, I don't know, 25 times a year, they get permits. And I I met the founders and we ended up having a conversation this is the first year i went on this trip and i was lucky enough synchronicities it's cool to circle that back in here both the owners it was the last trip of the year both the owners were on the trip and i just started talking to them this is before the heart collective was even a thing mm. it was just an idea and this is like kind of the the starting right and just like feeling into and i remember sharing this vision with them and i was just like man if we could we oh, would have started vibrating it's so cool if we can build a retreat experience on the river, like merge, like the, the work I'm being called to do in the world. And then this, this experience of being out in nature and like morph them together. This could be one of the most powerful experiences known to man. (laughs) And we did it last year. It was the first year we did it. And this year is going to be the second. So it's continuing to evolve and fine tune. And I just know this year is going to be such an epic experience. And I'm super looking forward to getting out there and circling this back into the Comfortable being uncomfortable. This company adrift. They they do an impeccable job of making everyone feel safe. Mm -hmm. They they provide all the equipment. They have a five star chef that comes on the journey with us. They all the food. It's like really not like five star restaurant food, but it's it's healthier food for being on a river expedition. They have like a whole thing where they set up like a kitchen during Mm -hmm. camp. We sit around the fire. It's just so chill and relaxed. And like even the rapids, like whitewater rafting, it's like we're floating most of the time. Mm -hmm. There's like some fun rapids that are going through. But the experience, like what I love so much about it when I'm in it is like I feel so comfortable right now Mm -hmm. and I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a real gift.
1: Yeah. uh, Nature has been one of the most powerful healers for me. and I I love that offering that you guys are giving for people, um, especially for people who maybe haven't experienced uh nature in that way you know where is it again where is the retreat happening? it's it's um you fly into vernal utah
0: okay it's in it's in north east utah and it's kind of on the border of utah and
1: colorado okay which like is the most beautiful landscape mm-hmm. if you haven't been there um but that's so beautiful to like that offering it allows people to experience that with that comfort vehicle because you know like if you've never camped probably don't go to do a five-day backpacking trip you know like yeah. you know like start out with something where like putting you're your tent in your backyard of, right? yeah exactly <laughs> maybe set up your tent and see if you have all the uh, you know yeah, all the <laughs> things right? yeah um, but and then you can you know continually progress where you know you are making yourself more uncomfortable because then there is something beautiful too about like getting out there with just your backpack you know and providing for yourself and making yourself feel safe is like the next step, maybe after a retreat like this. Mm-hmm. So that's just another example of kind of continually progressing to make yourself uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I like, I can feel as I'm speaking that this is kind of a reflection of, for myself because I I feel like I might be in a more comfortable space now, where it might be beneficial to me to start finding things. Um, I mean, I feel like coming on a podcast is, is one thing because you're doing it, man. It feels these types of like, yeah, like I feel like dialogue is not usually my medium. Like music is my medium for communication and emotion. Um, But finding ways to expand, I think that this conversation is coming at a, at a good time. Um, And I'm, I'm interested, like, you know, the, the van trip was your thing after the NFL what, what do you think is your current state of discomfort that you're putting yourself through? Me? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's a great question. I love when the guests ask <laughs> yeah, the question. It's the best. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm deep in it. And I it's this journey of being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I love being an entrepreneur because like I talked about with football, I, I kind of reached the ceiling of what I was capable of, of what I was the, like the next step. There was It was like I could do like micro percentage better, but there was this ceiling that I hit. Mm-hmm. and with entrepreneurship it's it's literally infinite mm-hmm. like in the world outside of the container of football like my potential is infinite now with that knowing that I can do achieve anything I put my mind to like if I truly believe that then I better get to work because mm-hmm. I have a lot of limiting beliefs it's one of the reasons I, I talked about in one of my podcasts about writing a book like I didn't think I could. I'm still very much in the process, but I'm, I'm like changing that story by showing up and doing it. Mm. And so with this, with the heart collective and with entrepreneurship and with investing, it's all making mistakes mm. and the business and, and, and the heart collective and the community and, and the growth and how much I'm learning. It's the best vehicle for self-development, for self-growth. It's just such a mirror for me on, because as the leader of the, the vision of the company of the community the things that aren't clicking or flowing within it, I know are a direct reflection of the leadership and the culture reflects Mm. that back to me. So if we're struggling to uh, make something click or get the message out there or do things in a different way, it's like, how am I like one of the things I've been reflecting on recently over the last month has been, how am I blocking the business? Mm. How am I stifling the growth? How am I not fully speaking from the heart in what we're building and and that's keeping people from wanting to join and be a part of this mission in this journey. And so a lot of it has been building something from nothing is extremely challenging. Mm-hmm. And we're to a point now where it's, it's a thing like mm-hmm. I can feel it. And I'm so proud of that. And so the next thing is like really dropping in to me, myself as a leader, trusting and connecting and doing business in a different way. And so I feel like this business and being the leader of it is, is always it's always calling me to excel, so I have this naturally built-in thing now that's like, yeah. What's the next stage? It's what's a constant. Next level? You don't even yeah. get to choose anymore. Yeah, it's just like, buckling up. Dude. Yeah, like, let's go. It. Yeah,
1: that's beautiful. And those are the, those are the kinds of spaces to put yourself in. Like that, that kind of feels like the, the roofing job I had. Like I didn't get to choose the like the discomfort expansion. It was just like chosen for me.
0: Yeah, you know? and the physical discomfort. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I had in football. Yeah. Like I, I, I couldn't be comfortable. Right. Every day I was challenged with like my body hurts. I feel physically exhausted, mentally mm-hmm. drained, and I have to show up and figure out a way to do this. Yeah. And then part of the challenge of like getting done with football is like I don't like i would taking care of my body and stuff. But now it's like feeling good in my body, noticing when I don't feel good, and then like what is what is potential. Mm-hmm. I read this quote in this book I'm reading called Reality Transurfing. It's very good. It's it's a little bit dense, and you have to earn the wisdom within it. But one of the things that really stood out to me recently is, we weren't put on this planet to be of service. We were put on this planet to reach our highest potential, mm. and I love that so much because it was like this challenge to me of like, I can show up and be of service, which is it's a it, that's a, that's a step on the the ladder to growth and awakening. Is like right. you, you naturally you start waking up the people you love, and you have these like. These, these, this wisdom to share of like, Hey, Mm. we don't have to take the reality we were born into so seriously. Like where's the joy? Where's the fun? You you naturally want to be of service to people as you start to wake up. Mm. But what I've, I've realizing the next step for me is like, I'm showing up with this huge heart of service. Like, how can I be of service in a big way? Boom, boom, boom. And I've almost allowed myself to get lost in that. Mm. So then my personal life, like these habits I'm doing, the, the, you know, not working out as much or not taking care of my body or distracting myself instead of writing something inspirational or or continue to put energy into my book that's going to, you know, allow me to grow. It's like when I focus on reaching my highest potential, like all of the other stuff will take care of itself. hundred
1: percent. How can you be best or how can you be of best service is by reaching your highest potential, you know, like do that first Mm -hmm. and then you're really going to be able to show up for other people. Mm -hmm. So that's beautiful.
0: Let's, uh, let's give you an opportunity. I had an idea when we were talking here. So I want to hear more about your connection to music mm. and just kind of setting the stage. You're a beautiful musician. Um, oh, I would love to hear more about like the instruments you play, the style of music you play, just your love for it and your connection with it. And I feel called and let me know if this is appropriate to leave some space here for you to maybe play a few minutes of some, some of your music. Mm. Um, and we'll, so we'll do that now. You can kind of, cut this off (laughs) uh and then we'll so so we'll sit back we'll allow graham to edit as he's his future self is listening to this we'll allow him to edit in some of his music so that you can listen to it connect with the energy and what he wants to share with the listeners of this podcast and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it and talk about your connection to music connected, if there's any emotions that came up, how you feel in your body from the beautiful music that Graham shared. And yeah, I'm just excited that you have an opportunity to listen to some of the, the magic and creation that comes through. And I'd love to hear just how music has impacted your life and, and this medium of communication like you shared. I just think that's so
1: beautiful and it's just so poetic. 100% man. Yeah. Uh, music has always been, I mean, it's it's been my life since I can remember. Um, my mom is uh, a musician and I started playing piano when I was three years old. And um, I like I took piano lessons and I, I remember not liking my piano lessons because I had a very strict teacher and it was like practice every day, like learning all this classical music. And at the time it felt like a chore and a job, but like looking back, I'm so grateful because, um, that's what made me practice. You know, I I felt like I was going to get in trouble if I didn't practice. So it like kind of forced me, um, which just kind of built a foundation where I could start to explore, like I had gained a skill set, you know, where I could then branch out. Um, so I had been kind of just like writing music all through high school, um, and then I'd say it was probably the end of high school, start of college when I started to record myself and get really interested with production. And, um, you know, like I had so many musical inspirations and they were from so many different veins. Like I was super into like hip hop, but I was super into like cinematic ambient soundscapes and i was also really into like the doors and like it was just like a mesh of of everything and i i think a lot of people are like that you know like that's not unique but but it's cool um, to have
0: all these different genres to pull from
1: because then they can create a unique sound hundred percent and so and that's exactly it like it was finding a sound which i'm still finding today and um i i think it's hans zimmer has an awesome quote um That I'm going to completely butcher, but it's something about like, uh, instead of, instead of finding your sound, it's like listening to your sound or like you already know what your sound is. It's like, it's like opening up to allow it to come through. Mm -hmm. So that's something I've been, I've been working on, but, uh, yeah, started. What is
0: that process like for a musician when you're listening to a sound? Cause you, you kind of, I mean, even with this podcast and some of the meditations that we do and we've done guided meditations together, Mm -hmm. Or do you, you, mean, do you connect with the meditation and channel it real time?
1: Yeah. Um, I think for, for guided meditations, I, I kind of have a framework for the sound that I'm going for. Obviously you want something that's, you know, ambient and is going to pull you into the experience, but also is like kind of out of the way because you want the meditation itself to the words of the meditation itself to be at the forefront. Um, which is also just another like fascinating, uh, thing that I love about guided meditations is like making music that I know is going to be like heard subconsciously rather than like the forefront, you know, Mm. it's like a whole different process because you're, you're like creating space for something else that's going to be there. And like trying to, uh, elevate it in a way or Mm. tap into a field that's like, on the outskirts of that meditation. So.
0: And that opposed to your own music that you're bringing to the world. Talk a little bit more about right. that.
1: Yeah. So, and then, you know, I've, I've released a couple songs just under my own name and um, I'm starting to move more into creating more of that kind of music. Cause it's been a couple of years now where I've gotten to create so much music. Um, but it's been for like projects, videos and guided meditations which I love. Like, I absolutely love that stuff, but I feel like a new wave of, of my own music is coming through. Um, that's going to implement all this new, you know, style that I've learned. Um, especially from like the guided meditations. Um, I'm really excited to fuse that with more of like the stuff that I used to listen to, or I used to make, um, which is a little bit I honestly don't really know how to describe it. Like my girlfriend always like, she just says it's completely genreless. Like, like your style, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, interesting. I can't think of a um, like, or I can't think of a specific genre that
0: is it really a, fit in. It, could you think of two that match together, maybe? Um, or is it just so unique? I mean, what what kind of maybe, instruments are you playing mostly? It's mostly piano, mostly piano. Yeah, okay. and then
1: like, I really love uh, like hip hop beats, mm. and I really love. Um, But I just love the, like, ambience of, like, you know, like, John Hopkins is, like, one of my biggest inspirations. If you guys haven't listened to him, do yourself a favor. Um, But I guess, like, East Forest is similar, but he's also creating all different types of music. But those are just kind of some of my inspirations. But I'm just excited to find a way to, like, fuse all that together into something new. Um, And... Yeah, this this next month or so uh, is going to be kind of dialing in like and really focusing on making myself do that stuff. Because I feel like I have some space in my life and I could just enjoy that space and like be comfortable in it. But it feels like this is like my new, you know. Like, Back to the highest about, potential thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. So this is my new um, way to make myself uncomfortable is and I mean I love making music but like putting in the work even if it's something you love to do like really showing up and putting in the work um it can still be challenging at times you know mm-hmm. so that's going to be kind of my commitment to myself over the next month is to really put in the work and not not just when the inspiration strikes you know cuz like if you're waiting around all day for inspiration you're probably not making very many things, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Let me know how that goes. Right. So like putting in the work when you don't feel like doing it, um, I think is really important and I'm really excited to create some new music and to share some new music. Mm, I love it. And I'm really looking forward to
0: it. And I'm super excited for you. What is the, like, as you're stepping into this, this new, uh, getting outside your comfort zone again, speak a little bit to the the resistance and the fear that is present when you think about putting out an album and, mm. and stepping into like this next vision or dream for yourself.
1: God, that's such a good and complex question. Um, but like resistance is real for sure. And, um, you know, like, I read The War of Art probably like five or six years ago, which was like my first introduction to this force that I had felt but hadn't put a name to. Um, But uh, I think that, yeah, I think it's just like you said, you're kind of afraid of the power that might come. I think it's just for me, it's, um, you know, I feel... I, I love where I'm at in my life right now. And I feel like if I make big changes, like I'm going to lose something and I don't really know what that is. You know, it just feels like there's something that could be lost.
0: I know, a course that can help with that.
1: <laughs> and I'm there, man. Yeah, are, you, are you doing it? <laughs> oh yeah.
0: How's it going?
1: Um, it's good, man. I, I just like started and I, I need to hop on one of the calls like the this Q&A? Yeah. Yeah. There was one actually happening right now. But oh, it. beautiful. We'll, well, we'll okay. have to get the next one. Once a month. But um, yeah, like that course is a perfect example of ways for people to, you know, start doing this work.
0: I just want to put in, we have a code for listeners of this podcast. So if you go to heartcollective.org and you go to the Fear Alchemy course and you put in code at checkout, heart20, R uh, you'll get 20% off and there's a couple different tiers. But yeah, it's really powerful and I'm, I'm so stoked for you. Yeah. I'm excited to hear how it unfolds.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's so great to be surrounded by people who are constantly pushing each other into that discomfort. And, um, yeah, I, I can't really put like a name to what scares me, but I think that almost anybody listening can resonate. Like like the thing that you, yeah, you know, (laughs) the thing that you want the most or the creation that wants to come through you is often the hardest thing to start. Mm-hmm. Like yeah if, your
0: purpose lives within your fear,
1: right and it's like those things that you aren't super passionate about feel re- really easy to start, you know mm-hmm. sometimes, but it's like if it requires you if getting what you want would require your life to completely change, I think that sometimes you feel this this strong resistance and I've felt that for years and I have all these tools and practices that help me deal with that but it's still still at the forefront of my reality you know yeah.
0: and I'll, and honestly reframing what's helped me is reframing that that fear frequency into excitement and courage mm. and opportunity to to feel alive cuz like when you're comfortable like yeah it's fun for a while like you get to a point where you're like I don't feel challenged. I don't. I don't feel as excited because I'm comfortable. Yeah. And so seeking that excitement. When you reframe it like that, instead of it being like, oh, I don't know, like I'm, I'm scared. It's like, oh, I'm excited. It makes me feel alive. Yeah. Let's hit it from a different angle because you're, you are powerful. <laughs> and just the story you shared today with manifesting from being, you know, a, a woofer, now a roofer, <laughs> uh, <laughs> into like doing a journaling course of a man you looked up to, to, to then being his roommate and doing his podcast. So here now with this new, like stepping into this new potential that you're uh, exploring, you know, what is, what is, what is it that you want to create? Like what is, what is uh if there was great question, Ben always asks is if fear didn't exist, who would you be? What would you do? So I'd love to bring that question in and allow you to feel into what it is that you actually desire, what it is that you
1: are looking to create in your life. Mm. Yeah, right now it is a collection of of songs, whether that's uh, probably would be like an EP um, of music that is really like my communication to the world and is really from, from the heart. Um, because like I said, like music is the way that I communicate with the world and the medium of like video and guided meditation in a way I think it it allows me to like hide behind the the other thing that's there, you know? Like I love doing that stuff, but it's like, like I said, I'm kind of like you're not taking up space. Right. You're like elevating. Which is like life. a great metaphor for like sometimes how I live my life. Like I feel like I'm trying to not take up space mm-hmm. um oftentimes. So I want to create music that takes up space.
0: hmm Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, I love that. I feel that so much, man.
1: Oh.
0: I'm just feeling that, dude. Like so many people may not even know what their dreams are, mm-hmm. may not even know what they're meant to be doing, and it's, it's like wherever you're at on the path, you know, fear is such a great teacher, such a great tool, such a an ally to show us where our purpose is mm-hmm. and like what it is that we desire. Yeah, it's like if you didn't desire it, like why would you fear it? Like you wouldn't care, right? right. And for me, like my one of my biggest fears that I've worked through with this with this fear alchemy framework has been my fear of being seen and it was it wasn't in, i've always kind of recognized that like with my fear of public speaking and like all these things but being able to name it and then work through it it was only very recently that i started realizing oh wow i actually desire to be seen mm. like i desire to be on stage mm. i desire to uh be in a leadership position and I just, the fear always clouded that from me because I, I was like, no, I, why would I want to do that? Like, that's my biggest fear. It's like, well, if I didn't want to do it, then why would I care? Mm-hmm. And like, that's been all the difference. It's been so profound and it's been okay like, oh, I, I desire to be seen. So how can I create ways of being seen and doing it in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. And yeah, within our fear lives our desires. And so if you're in a place where you feel like, you don't really know where you're going or you're looking to kind of deepen or take the next level or get outside your comfort zone. It's like, start exploring your fears and you'll start getting there pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a beautiful takeaway for people. Um, yeah. Step into your fear and, uh, there's a course for that, that my boy, uh, Joe and Ben have. So yeah, Part 20 at checkout. H A R T 20. Um, (laughs)
0: I do want to bring in just kind of one of the final conversations is kind of circling back to the dopamine and detoxes. I know this is what you're really passionate about. I think this is really cool because a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, spirituality, consciousness, higher frequencies like coming online in the collective right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this kind of ancient mysticism and mystical teachings and esoteric teachings. And then we have like this hard science, um, reductionist, like really being able to uh, observe like physical reality. And we were so like the pendulum was swinging so far to the scientific stuff, Mm -hmm. and it seems like these ancient technologies and tools and understanding of the universe coming have always been there, but kind of coming to the surface. And it's almost as if these two seemingly when i was younger i was taught these are complete opposites like you can't mm-hmm. believe in god and science mm-hmm. and now they're coming together and and really supporting one another with discoveries and science and these ancient wisdom teachings and technologies coming together and i would love just to allow you to riff on mm-hmm. some of the stuff that's present for you i know you talked about huberman's podcast yeah. that has a lot of information as far as the science background that's really helping support your spiritual
1: path yeah it's funny Godspeed will tell you that I'm a Andrew Huberman super fan because I'm like, I just absorb his content in like a way that like, you know, I I edit all these podcasts. So I don't usually listen to more podcasts because at the end of the day, I'm just like, okay, that's enough podcast. But his is the exception. And like, I'll like watch his, his, he just has a solo cast on YouTube and I'll just like sit. In our house and like watch his like solo cast like one on one. It's like like, speaking to the camera. Just like looking at you, talking to you. And just like telling you scientific studies. Uh for some reason it just like resonates so much with me. Um, the way that he is what he's doing really is awesome because it's like he's doing all this work to find all these studies. And then um, like I wouldn't really say like he's definitely condensing it down, but he's still giving you a ton of information and like he's telling you why, you know, he's telling you the why. Um and he's giving you the protocols, but he's like so objective, you know, like he doesn't have any agenda. So it's, it's like, like no biases coming right, in. Yeah, he just he's just Not like, trying to shift at, your perspective. Yeah, and it's just like so refreshing to me. Yeah. And it's so, you know, scientific, but it's just like for me, absorbing all of this ancient wisdom, which I love, um And I, and I have for so long and reading books kind of in that spiritual vein, it feels really refreshing to, uh, kind of focus a lot of my energy on like this side, you know, on the scientific side. And like you said, just in in the world in general, we're seeing the merging of spirituality and science because really like the science is just like kind of proving what they already knew like thousands of years ago, you know?
0: Yeah. It's interesting. It's like, Science, religion, philosophy, theology, like all of these things is just the universe trying to understand itself. Right. And in, in different, from different lenses. Right. And now it's all kind of merging together and yeah, supporting one another. And yeah. So like, what do you think is going to happen with, with all of this? Like, where do you think the world is headed?
1: Yeah. So, well, I'll say just like, I see that happening in the world and I also see that happening within myself. Mm. You know, it's like a, it's like a microcosm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a microcosm of that um, where just absorbing all this scientific information and applying the practices, I feel like has had such a benefit on my spiritual practices as well.
0: Is there anything specifically that you can share that might be uh, like a practical tool or tip for anyone listening that could help them?
1: I mean, the dopamine thing is huge for me. Um, Just understanding why I'm reaching for things when I'm reaching for them. Um like it's almost like it takes away the judgment
0: of of like 100%. how come I can't control this, I don't have willpower right. And it's like, oh it's, yeah. there's actually a process in your brain that is making it very hard to not reach for it. And right. so being able to understand that and then being able to have an awareness of it. same thing with fear like yeah, when you're in a fear state, it activates the amygdala, which takes you out of the free frontal. Prefrontal cortex, where like love, connection, and like the higher awareness and higher frequency states live, Mm -hmm. and so if you get hijacked by fear and you're living in the amygdala, you can't both like be open and loving in a state of fear. Yeah. So like understanding the the physiology of the body Mm -hmm. actually allows
1: for these spiritual deepenings. Yeah, I think, and then on top of that, like just all the all the things I've learned about like regulating your nervous system and all the tools that we have at our disposal. Um, you know, if you're lucky enough to have uh, cold water, um, that has been a huge one for me, but it's like, I was doing, uh, I, I was doing like ice, uh, like ice therapy and sauna, but like knowing why you're doing it is so, it makes it so much more effective, you know, mm-hmm. like understanding what is happening to your body, what is happening in your brain when you get in the ice, it's like, it feels like it amplifies the effects, you know? Like, you know, you feel good when you get out, but it's like, why do you feel good? And to me, that stuff is just like fascinating.
0: Mm, It's beautiful. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I I agree. I think regulating the nervous system has been, it's it's one of the most powerful, impactful tools. Anybody, like everybody should learn.
1: It allows you to show up in the world in ways that, you know, you weren't able to before. Yeah.
0: That's really what this deeper inner work's all about is regulating the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Like if you get triggered, you get in this state of frenzy and you your amygdala gets activated because of a fear response or past experience or trauma that you haven't really looked at. And it's all lives within the unconscious mm-hmm. and until you explore that side of it, but then also developing the tools to, to breathe mm-hmm. and to have an awareness of how your body's responding. Like your nervous system is your connection to your intuition, connection to the universe at all. It's, it's this concept of like, you know, a lot of people in spiritual communities is, and, and there is something to this, but it's a lot of people are searching for God in like mm. these higher planes and where I've found God is in my own body, mm. in my own nervous system. And when I have a clean, clear, regulated nervous system, when I go meditate, I can check in and I can ask my nervous system yes or no questions and mm-hmm. I can feel expanded or contracted and actually communicate with the intelligence of the universe that is communicating through my actual body. Like, that's fucking dope.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think of all the practices, um, like a stillness practice for me is, you know, the most important, just being with yourself for whatever it is. If you can only manage five or 10 minutes a day, like start with that. Um, like for me, it's, it's a non-negotiable, like I have to have some time with myself. Um, for me, it's a meditation practice, but do you build that in the morning when I, I, I almost always do it in the morning, but if I don't have time or something comes up, I will do it sometime else. And I won't like, this is a, this is kind of another vein and it's interesting. Like I think for um, some habits that you're trying to build, you can't do this with all of them, but like some of them, it's important to make it completely non-negotiable. For me, that, that current one is meditation. Like if I'm going to bed And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't meditate today. Like I'll sit down and meditate for 20 minutes. Um,
0: Do you use uh, guided meditations or do you just sit in silence? Just sit in silence,
1: just complete, complete silence. Mm -hmm. I've I've done guided meditations. I've done music Uh, right now. It's just complete silence. And it's just so important to me. And I have this thing and I, James Clear talks about this in in Atomic Habits. um, But it's like, if you miss a day, it's so much easier than to miss another day, you know? Or for me, I, I have this habit tracker that I use where it's like I have this like chain of X's going. And it's like the the goal is to not break the chain, mm, you know. So if I keeps you a accountable. Day, right. So um and I don't know if that's necessarily healthy. <laughs> like
0: Well, it's another thing that you have to be exactly. have an awareness of. If you're doing it just to get the X Just to
1: just to keep the chain. I'm trying to eat the longest fucking chain yeah. you've ever seen, bro. But um
0: and then you're going to need to take a chain of <laughs> empties just so you can break the <laughs> exactly, habit. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. So that's that's like another interesting thing, but um I think it is important to have like non-negotiable um habits that you stick to no matter what. Um and I've found that a stillness practice is most important for me, so that's my my current one that I'm practicing, but I just think that if you don't have any time with yourself to like reflect it's hard for you to show up in the world the way you really want to, because you're receiving all this information and stimuli every day. And it's like, if you don't have a chance to like sit with it and process it and then like ground yourself, it's almost like you're just reacting. Mm, Um, Especially nowadays. hundred percent. And then that, you know, just having that stillness practice allows you to um, not react in just your everyday life, to the same degree that you might have if you weren't practicing. So, for me and for anybody, that's I think that that's like one of the most valuable things that you can start doing.
0: Mm, it's
1: beautiful, yeah. man. I feel like we covered a lot of ground today. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, sure. Yeah, we did.
0: It's crazy. I thought we'd be talking for at least a couple hours. Just yeah. how much we talked about, how much wisdom you've shared. And yeah, there's going to be a a a deep deep show notes on this one. Oh yeah and i'm really excited to go through and find everything <laughs> yeah find everything so this is yeah. this is really cool because some podcasts can be you know just more storytelling and stuff mm-hmm. but we actually brought in a lot of uh, a lot of really actionable stuff a lot of stuff to look up a lot of stuff to deepen a lot of places to to expand and, and find some more tools. So I'm really excited for people to listen to this podcast and explore the show notes. Hell yeah, brother. That future Graham will be editing. Hey yeah. Graham.
1: What's up, dude. <laughs>
0: How you doing? Oh man. Any final words of wisdom?
1: No, man. I just, I really appreciate you having me on. Um, it's, it's truly an honor to have worked with you the last couple of years and It's cool to be on this end of the mic and I'm excited for what's coming, man.
0: Mm, Yeah. Deep gratitude as well, man. You crushed it. I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, There's obviously you're really connected in the podcast community. So it's, it's only the, it's only missing the intention to start stepping out that I'm sure you'll have all these opportunities to get on all these shows and you crushed it. And um, yeah, just deep gratitude for you. Deep gratitude. For your support and you know all the ways not just helping me edit this podcast but just being a friend and an ally on this journey and yeah deep gratitude to everybody that listened uh reach out to graham uh well graham where can people find you we can put that in the show notes as well
1: uh yeah i i'd say uh instagram is probably the best it's just at graham dern and then i think i have a link thing in my bio where you can find like my music and everything else cool
0: yeah. all the other things so go check that out give your gratitude to to Graham. And uh, if you're interested, check out the Heart Collective at heartcollective.org. We've got a bunch of offerings and uh, just an ongoing community that's continuing to grow, continuing to come together to really help be, uh, you know, an an aspect of this collective awakening that we're all feeling and being participatory to it. Uh, Look forward to seeing you on the inside and uh, appreciate you for showing up. All right. Talk to you soon. Peace. (music)